It is 18 minutes before the hour here on the Trottle Arch Radio Show. 606-6762 is the call-in number. That's 606-6762. I want to. I want to. I hate to do this to you because I'm probably overloading you on schools. But uh, <laughs> by the way, Joyce Craig still has not replied. We did send an email to Joyce Craig saying, "Since you're fundraising off of things that we allegedly lied about, would you be so kind as to detail what we uh, allegedly lied about?" So we can respond. Joyce Craig still hasn't responded to our inquiry, demanding to know. I shouldn't say demanding, politely asking to know whether you know what exactly she's referring to when she says a radio talk show host lied about her donors. <laughs> God. But uh, you know, and this this uh, next one isn't unique to the city of Manchester, but uh, every school district has got a wellness and um, what do they call it? nutrition policy oh my head i mean george orwell couldn't have it any better right and and last night there was a school board member leslie Watt, who said oh well if parents want to know who's on the wellness committee they can find it on the district's website and they can click and they can learn and find out how they can get involved now why did leslie Watt say that leslie Watt said that because i your humble host asked who's on the committee how do they get appointed and what do they do I recommend you watch that part of the meeting because the people literally looking around at each other going, I don't know. And the board clerk says, wow, there is a description on page seven of the agenda. I said, yeah, I've read that. And all it says is it shall be in conformance uh, with the uh, it shall consist of USDA required members and also members from the from community organizations. What is that? Tell- what is a USDA required member? So this is what school wellness, uh, uh, school food and wellness uh, or school wellness or whatever the hell the policy is called. So there has to be a council. Think 1984. Think George L. Orwell. Think of the Ministry of Love, only we'll call this the Ministry of Health. The School Food and Wellness Council develops, implements, revises and evaluates the district's food and wellness policy. The United States Department of Agriculture also requires the district to have a wellness council, including members such as health and physical education teachers, administration, students, parents, food services, and community organization to develop, implement, and evaluate the food wellness policy. A food and wellness policy, the council reports to the superintendent. The superintendent will communicate information about the food and wellness policy council to the school board as deemed necessary. The Manchester School District Food and Wellness Council consists of the USDA required members and also members from community organizations. Meeting minutes are posted on the School Food and Wellness Council section of the district's website, which I can't find. I'm not sure where that is, to be perfectly honest with you. Recruitment for members of the council is ongoing, but most of the recruitment occurs at the beginning of the school year. Information regarding the council is posted on the website, on the back of the menus, and on a school flyer that is sent to the schools. Nutrition promotion goals. The council works on other nutrition and physical activity promotions and and initiatives including a four-week nutrition and physical activity journal program. Uh, which from time to time has really upset a lot of parents because of the questions that the kids are asked. And sometimes the health teachers that run these things, well, they do things that they're not supposed to, like 
provide an incentive to the classes that have the highest participation rate. One school went so far as to exclude kids whose parents opted them out of the exercise from being able to uh, celebrate the school's results. Oh, that didn't go over well, I'll tell you. Collaborative programs with local sports teams, health speakers for school and wellness council members, evaluation of school health curriculum, resources for health curriculum, physical activity pilots, and healthier U.S. Schools Challenge Award applications. So I asked the question, I said, what authority do these people really have and what decisions do they make that the board has to ratify or does the board have to ratify anything that they don't want to, anything, uh, anything at all when it comes to what their policy dictates are? People looking around, nobody had an answer. How does one get appointed to this thing? Is there, a, is there an approval process? Looking around, nobody understand. Nobody has an answer. So you've got all of this, you got all of this stuff happening. And you get guys like Bergeron who say, oh, well, I trust our professionals. Really? How's that worked out for you? Well, I guess when it was Deborah Livingston and, you know, and company and they were doing all kinds of things that they weren't actually telling the board about, I guess that worked out just fine. But when you got like I got a guy like Vargas who actually brings things to the attention of the board. He's a bad man. I will give John Avard credit. Because he opposed this policy in any iteration with or without the non-compliant bake sale changes I tried to make, which we'll get into in a minute. You know, he's a chiropractor, and chiropractors typically know a little bit more than the average bear about uh, health and nutrition. And he basically said the whole structure of the policy is based on 30 to 40 years of bad nutrition, science, and advice. And it's one of the reasons why kids are fat. It's because the diet is bad. Poor eating habits encouraged by outfits like this who tell you you should, you know, you know the food triangle? If you ate the food triangle... It's no wonder why you'd have coronary heart disease, diabetes, or another, or a bunch of other things. That is, that's, that, that's not driven by your health. That's driven by industry that's looking to get you to buy stuff and pays off the government to do it. But let's take a look at this. Mayor Gatz has brought up, well, maybe if we could get the kids to second recess in the afternoon, we'd have them running around a little bit more to burn off some of that energy. So we still, as a district, are looking at whether or not we should have a second recess. Boy, I'll tell you, you know, we're homeschooling our two little ones. You know, when they're five and six years old, they hit a wall. And that wall says, it's time to take a break. It's time to go out, run around, and play. They love recess time, even though they're homeschooled. It's time to have lunch. They hit a wall. (sighs) Ain't it great? So now we come to the cupcakes. I really don't want this policy to keep coming back before the board. So I took... A technical advisory issued by the State Department of Education, and I asked a simple question. Does the new policy incorporate the changes the state made that gives our schools, our parent-teacher groups, the flexibility to run so-called non-compliant bake sales? The answer was, oh, we didn't do any of that. We just were making these technical corrections we should have done months, you know, two, three months ago when we get bogged down in cupcakes. Well, okay, I guess, but if our old policy incorporated what the state required, why shouldn't our new policy? Nope, we have to send that to committee. 
Oh, my head. Who's on the phone? John Liskars. I have John and Hooksit, uh, former Hooksit school board member John Liskars on the phone with us. Good morning, John. Well, good morning, Rich. How are you doing with a few hours of sleep today? Uh, you know what? I'll tell you. I, uh, I'm probably in for some sort of adrenaline crash after the show, but <laughs> <laughs> I just I am beside myself with what happened last night. So I, I've got a question. I've got, first of all, I've got no uh, advice to offer on cupcakes. That's, that's such a <laughs> difficult issue. Uh, I just try to stay away from it. But I do have uh, some advice to offer on board remember removal from office policy. I would highly recommend, if you guys don't have it already, uh, to take a look at it as an example, uh, policy BBBD from the Hooks at School Board. It's a very short policy. Uh, but it specifically talks about the two reasons why a board member can be removed from office. Um, can't be done by um, the voters or the board itself, except for two provisions. And it, it specifically states the RSAs that are uh, are quoted. Now, I'll bet you one of them is RSA is, 42 colon 1. It is. It's 42 colon 1 dash A. Yep. And the second one is RSA 32 colon 12. Oh, that's one I And uh, Yeah, so it basically it's uh, RSA 32 is related to the expenditures of a school district, or I'm sorry, relating to a board member and the expenditures of school district money. And then the second one, RSA 42-1A, prohibits school board members from breaching confidentiality standards. So violation of either of these two statutes may result in the board being board member being removed from office. Yeah, well, I'm not speaking so, out of school when I say that our, our attorney identified RSA 42 1 um, as one of the statutes violated uh, and then went through his legal opinion and analysis as to whether or not or how that um, uh, that could apply in this case. So I'll I will say in summary that was identified, but I won't disclose the legal advice that is subject to the uh, apparently subject in his mind's eye, uh, her, uh, Nancy Tester being a public figure notwithstanding, uh, the legal advice that his letter contained on the topic. Okay. Yeah, I just think, uh, you know, school boards are, their basic job is to design school board policy. And if you guys don't have that policy in place to follow, I think it should be proposed and then take a look at the, the board see who votes for it and who votes against it. And you may have to wait till your next board gets elected to actually pass it and approve it as a policy. Well, I'm going to look up policy triple BD, and uh, you may see that on the next agenda. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a great day. All right. That's former Hooks at School Board member John Liskars. I guess maybe we should put people on record as wanting to ensure that there are penalties uh, by policy. Of course, all the policy does is it takes pieces of state law that address this and it brings it to the consciousness of the board at least those who pay attention to the policies so it 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 gives another sort of uh violation step that um uh, can be triggered if somebody violates the policy 6066762 if you'd like to chime in so on the cupcakes you know so what the basically the state board of education said was uh yeah we've reviewed the policy we really didn't think it was consistent with the federal laws and mandates so rather than limiting uh school districts to three uh three non-compliant do you realize i want you to listen to this language non-compliant bake sale 
You have the state and federal governments telling parents in school buildings what is and isn't compliant when it comes to cookies. We have a non-compliant cookie there. Can you prove that it's less than 35% saturated fat? You can't. Non-compliant. They said last night, this is like George Orwell. George Orwell would be pleased to see the non-compliant cookie. The non-compliant cupcake. The upper levels of, of ministerial government coming down to those at the local level to tell parents they're idiots who can't make brownies. Schools, they're stupid if they can't control the number of birthday parties. When you were in school, did the teacher have a birthday party for every kid whose birthday was that month? Or did they have one birthday party a month to celebrate everybody's birthday? Hell no, they didn't have anything. Oh, it's Richie Gerard's birthday today. Let's sing happy birthday to Richie. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. No, it's an occasion for a party. Is there any reason why the teachers don't have time to go out to recess? They're too damn busy having parties. Because God forbid the snowflakes don't have their birthdays honored by cookies, cupcakes, and other tasty treats that are now non-compliant. Oh. You have to protect the kids from non-compliant cookies. So I wanted this thing to go away, so I tried to incorporate the new state guidelines on non-compliant bake sales in the policy. It literally passed unanimously on a voice vote. And then Beaudry said, well, wait a minute, for the process, shouldn't we send this through committee? So it actually got reconsidered and sent to committee because suddenly people like Leslie Want, who are okay with the policy the way it was, incorporating the last round of state rules, now have to see the new round of state rules to know whether or not they want to comply with the state rules. Now, local school districts can be more restrictive, but it looks like the Manchester Board of School Committee is once again about to go under the breach to discuss whether or not parents in schools can be trusted with non-compliant sales this is gerard at large oh it's my turn already okay uh, i guess it took up more time in that last segment than i thought tomorrow <laughs> ed nail will join us for a question to voter fraud laura gilman of the manchester animal shelter will be in for pet paws mayor ted gatsis will be in the house and oh so much more for the entire team here at Toronto Large, I am your ever exasperated but still humble host, Rich Gerard. Thanks for tuning in. Until tomorrow, be good, be well, don't do anything we wouldn't do. We're proud to have in the audience. Thanks for being there. Please remember our sponsors. Give them the first opportunity to earn your business and let them know you heard about them on Toronto Large. It matters. Be compliant, everyone.